Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. This week, we are recapping Season 3, Episode 8, Let the Games Begin. The Netflix bio for this episode is Lorelai, Rory, Richard, and Emily visit Richard's alma mater. But Richard causes trouble by secretly making some arrangements in advance. Dun dun. <laughs> Bef- mm-hmm. <laughs> Before we get going, don't forget about our sticker giveaway. You can enter this by giving us a five star review on uh, Apple Podcasts and emailing us a screenshot of your review with your address. Or you can also send that to us on Instagram and we'll send you a sticker. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just give us uh, reviews. That's fine also. <laughs> Yes, we take those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We are in our posting world. I know. What did we decide to call it again? The PD or <laughs> I think so. something? Anyway, so it's our first episode since the big episode last mm-hmm. week. What were your overall thoughts about this Let the Games Begin episode? I thought it was a pretty good follow up to such a momentous episode because it didn't like try to up the game any really. It just like, kind of dealt with the fallout, but also kept us going on the application uh, storyline that Rory's going through. Mm. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it. there's definitely some Friday night dinner moments for us to talk about. <laughs> uh, and I also, I, I definitely think Rory and Jess should have taken some time to wait, but it's also like mm. their chemistry in this episode is just off the charts. Palpable. Yeah. What did you think? <laughs> I thought this was a juicy episode. Mm-hmm. I really had a foggy memory of what comes after the dance marathon. So I was pleasantly surprised. At first, when I saw that it was about the Yale visit, I thought it might be like the Harvard visit episode, which oh, sort yeah. of happens after the Big Max breakup mm-hmm. and sort of is a pause. And then you pick up on the rest of the storylines. But I liked that this one, like you said, it keeps us moving forward with the Yale stuff. But then in the start and end, it still is digging into that Rory and Jess mm-hmm. um, and some fantastic Gilmore family fights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had not even thought of that close parallel with college visits after a big breakup. That's an interesting Gilmore girl tradition. <laughs> Yeah, really. Rory should have toured a grad school (laughs) (laughs) after a Logan breakup or something. Uh, Yeah, instead of going on the road with Obama, she should have looked at grad programs, which would have been a great life choice (laughs) for her, I'm sure. (laughs) Anyways, should we do our talking fast? Yes. Recap what happened in this episode. You are going first this week. Are you ready? I think so. Three, two, one go so we start right after the big dance and uh Lorelai and Rory are having foot pains of course Kirk is showing off his trophy Jess and Rory are having some awkward moments and then we go to a Friday night dinner where Richard kind of suggests that they all go to Yale um and just to see what it's like and Rory agrees Lorelai's angry about it but they go to Yale anyways and then uh, Richard coerces Rory into seeing the Dean of Admissions. Laura like it's angry and I oh, sure. uh, <laughs> couldn't make it. <laughs> Could only cover really one storyline. 
<laughs> I felt your pace definitely picking up in the last 10 seconds. You know, it's the panic pace. Uh, it really is. <laughs> if only I could do that from the very beginning. <laughs> okay. Are you prepared to go? Sure. Sure, 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 sure. sure. <laughs> Sounds confident. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ready, set, go. We pick up after the dance marathon. There's a high, 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 high exchange. Um, they say Rory and Jess are together now, um, but there's also going to be a Yale storyline, which happens at Friday night dinner. Um, all the Gilmores are going to Yale. They do this. Richard has pretenses. Rory gets in an interview. All the family members fight about this. They come home. Rory and Jess kiss. Rory goes to see Dean. It says sorry. And then Lorelai and Rory look at the Yale pamphlet. Okay. Nice. That was perfect. Uh, I don't know if I would describe it as perfect, but I'll well, take you it got for everything. myself. I completely forgot about the going to visit Dean part, which is something to talk about. They really... F- did fit a lot of scenes in this episode. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like going to be over following that yeah. kiss because there was music playing. It was very romantic. Yeah. And then it was like, surprise, a scene <laughs> with Dean. And then another scene at home. Yeah, it's like the return of the king ending that just like fades to black and then there's another ending and then fades to black and then there's another ending. <laughs> Classic. This is exactly like The Return of the King. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. (laughs) A big dilemma of good versus evil. (laughs) So let's slow down and go through the episode. Starting out, the whole opening scene is my Star Hollow moment. (laughs) Nice. So they start off, and this makes no sense to me, but supposedly it's right after, like the day after the dance, which would have ended at 6 a.m., or is it like the next day? Correct me if I'm wrong. The dance marathon was 6 a.m. Saturday to 6 a.m. on Sunday. Oh, so I okay. think it implies that maybe they like slept all of Sunday and now this is the Monday. Okay. And so there's still obviously you can't recover from 24 hours of dancing that fast. Mm-hmm. And your sleep schedule <laughs> will be so so messed up. I felt so bad for Rory having to go to school after a weekend like that. Yeah, gosh, that would be terrible. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so they're obviously suffering. Everybody in town is taking down all the banners and stuff for the dance, which I thought was a nice, nice touch. And then they walk into Luke's, both sit at different tables because they are delirious and couldn't make it to the same table. And then Kirk comes in with his trophy, and that was my big moment. I think him Mm. coming in and like, seemingly completely recovered just bragging about how big his trophy is a couple innuendos in there mm-hmm. it was great yeah my stars hollow moment was also the kirk portion of this uh scene though i will say right before the credits play uh lorelei and rory are sitting on like a hay bale talking about how far mm-hmm. away luke's is and they're like, maybe if we combine our psychic powers, we can move Luke's closer. <laughs> and it has a shot of both of them just looking very intently across the street. And then Rory's like, it's not working. And Lorelai's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not focused. <laughs> and they're both just so groggy. It's really, it's really humorous. The acting is quite funny. But 
I think the most stars hollow thing of it all is Kirk coming in super competitive still his ego is blown up and he mm-hmm. um he like walks in the door he's like oh I'm sorry did my trophy hit you it's so big <laughs> I just can't tell where it ends and these corners are so sharp and later on he talks about how it needs its own chair and all of this stuff. I mean, there's plenty of like dick jokes possible here, but mm-hmm. even if you don't add that element, it's still very funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's so excited. And I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. he does this exact same thing every single year, as we see later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's some tradition here. <laughs> Another part of this, of course, Kirk and Luke have their little banter where Luke is kind of making fun of Kirk and his, his trophy. <laughs> but then... Mm-hmm. Lorelai and Rory go up to the counter to pick out donuts and Jess pops down. And we have that this like iconic rom-com moment of like Rory says hi, Jess says hi. Jess says hi to Lorelai. Yeah. <laughs> or and then Lorelai says hi to Jess and then Jess says hi to Luke. Or it's all back and <laughs> <Yeah>. forth. <laughs> and then right away Rory has to go. So then they do the exact same thing by saying bye to each other. <laughs> all four so (laughs) so awkward and luke obviously is clueless this entire time Mm -hmm. lorelei fills him in that this was the first scene of rory and jess being together pretty much Mm -hmm. and luke is pretty excited about it yeah she says it's the beginning of rory and jess the early years as if it's (laughs) like a book or a movie you know (laughs) yeah it is very awkward and i feel like it's kind of realistic to especially young relationships that start in a weird way (laughs) I don't know there's just Mm -hmm. like so much baggage there yeah I actually did want to ask you like so at this point Lorelai says to Luke oh didn't don't you know like Rory and Jess are together now and I just wanted to like did I miss something? Like, when did this happen officially? Yeah. What is the confirmation between the last episode and now? Like, is the only... Do you think it's, like, Rory and Jess's last conversation was the bridge where he says, I have to go take care of something mm-hmm. and breaks up with Shane? And is this scene we're just now watching? Do you think the show means for us to think this is the first time they've seen each other again? I think so. It's weird. <laughs> I know it is. It is strange. Like, wouldn't they have at least talked on the phone or something? Because mm-hmm. how does how does Rory even know that what Jess said he had to go and do was to break up with Shane? Like, how do we know that that happened? How does Rory know about it? And we can assume that Rory, like, told Lorelai that she and Dean broke up because of Jess. So mm-hmm. is Lorelai then just making the assumption that Rory's going straight from Dean to Jess? Like, no. No I, yeah, break. I wondered if if Lorelai saying that they are together, it just sounded so definitive and it made me wonder mm-hmm. is Lorelai assuming that and she she is right pretty much. Um or did her and Rory actually have a conversation where Rory said that? And if so, I just wish we had seen it. I feel like it yeah. is a missing block in this story puzzle and um I th- I really thought this episode would have it would feature like Rory and Jess saying like, oh, should we be together? But it, it didn't. So maybe that's why I never remembered that scene because it doesn't <laughs> exist. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. like the only conversation I remember them ever having is like Rory wants to keep their relationship more like under wraps, I think, in later episodes. Mm. 
and they have a fight about it or something. I don't remember, but yeah, they never, never talk about, you know, what, what what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that clearly adds to some of the awkwardness here and later. I also like how they, well, they're just having a conversation about how Luke was there, yet he didn't see mm-hmm. it happen. And the breakup between Roy and Dean. And it just makes me wonder, like, was there a second gym? <laughs> because yeah. we were like, how did Lorelai not notice? And now Lorelai is making fun of Luke for not noticing. It was like, yeah. neither of you noticed at the time, even though theoretically you should have just been like 20 feet away <laughs> or something at most. <laughs> yeah, you would have heard that blow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I, it's obviously a plot hole mm. in the in the script, but I think we can... Yeah fix it for them by saying that there are two gyms which I think (laughs) is like it's not unheard of I think my high school had two gyms like a small Mm -hmm. one and then a regular sized one so this is maybe our most like simple headcanon two gyms (laughs) at Source Hollow High (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I don't mean to like I won't really go on and on about continuity errors anymore I just think we had to like at least have one more laugh Mm -hmm. and like question about this before we moved on couldn't quite sweep it under the rug but yeah so this conversation (laughs) I will say wraps up between Luke and Lorelai because this will come up again later on um there's like kind of parallel conversation at the end of the episode about Luke's attitude about this as you said he's very excited and Lorelai says you know she spent a lot of time and energy fighting this and now she's just hoping for the best she's definitely not exuberant like Luke is but she's kind of not super negative about it either like she might have been in the past and Luke also is like oh yeah you know Jess is tough but he's a good kid and he likes Rory and I hope Rory will rub off on Jess and (laughs) these are some things he's saying that will come back to bite him later a little bit (laughs) (laughs) yeah interesting start to a relationship (laughs) Mm -hmm. the next scene we get is at Friday night dinner so I guess we've gone throughout an entire week Oh, yeah. With no progress happening between Rory and Jess. But anyways, (laughs) and we start right off the bat with Emily complaining about the chef who has put walnuts in the salad and she's clearly about to fire this person once again. We've talked about this in the past. (laughs) Yeah, I do have my Friday night dinner critique related to this storyline. The whole thing here is that Liliana is her name. This is they're waiting on a salad, and this is the fourth time she's been requested to make the salad with no walnuts. And my initial question here is like, did she make it um four times and each time it had walnuts? Because like I think that my critique is when they write these storylines about Emily's behavior and at her like as an employer. It seems like they want to have the joke two ways. Like they want to have the joke on Emily for being such a bad kind of boss, for being so unfair, for being cruel and all these other things. But then it seems like they also want to have a bit of a joke on the employees or as they call them, Mm -hmm. the help, quote unquote. And here I found this as a good case example of why it's not effective And I looked up a good little quick definition of satire (laughs) from Google to assist me in this. 
Uh, so satire is the use of humor, irony, exaggeration, or ridicule to expose and criticize people's stupidity or vices, particularly in the context of contemporary politics and other topical issues. So I think I just want to say it would be effective satire if they place the joke, you know, the humor, the irony, exaggeration on Emily, which they kind of do. But in this scene, they're also trying to place the joke on Liliana by having it be like, how funny is it that she made a salad four times and each time it had walnuts? And it doesn't work because then that just almost validates Emily for being kind of reasonable to say, you know, I've asked you four times, no walnuts. What if someone has a nut allergy? No. (laughs) Um, So I think I just wanted to highlight where their satire is losing its effectiveness and it could be I think a really searing satire if they had focused it a bit more to be only on Emily rather than on her employees Mm -hmm. yeah I agree like if she had asked for the person to make like I don't know is it a Waldorf salad that has walnuts and then somehow not specified that she didn't want walnuts. Yeah, if they made the joke yeah. on her somehow. Yeah, that would yeah, have been much like if better. she had outrageous requests or expectations mm-hmm. or each time she asked for something different or she was like gaslighting and it was like, I didn't ask for that, even if she did. Uh, Emily. <laughs> yeah. Lorelai has one little quip that is my Rory's bookshelf for the episode. She tells Emily that she may end up in a Frank Lloyd Wright situation, so... I looked this up. I obviously know who Frank Frank Lloyd Wright is. It's such a mouthful to say that name. Yeah. (laughs) He's like the famous architect. And I looked this up because I thought that she was just making it up, but it's an actual story. So now we can become a true crime podcast. But wait, it was a real story. It is a real story. Frank Lloyd Wright. (laughs) A hundred percent Lorelai was making this up. Oh, I love this even more. It is real. So I read an article from history.com. And he had a mistress, um, and so he built this, but his wife refused to get a divorce, so he built this uh, house in Spring Green, Wisconsin, and it was supposed to be there, like, you know, their house with his mistress. It was called the Love Cottage or <laughs> the Castle <laughs> of Love. It's some, It looks pretty cool based off the pictures, but all of his houses do. Then it ends with, <laughs> there. wait, there are a couple funny quotes I wanted to read about how the town... Uh, responded to the two of them living <laughs> there so this the was in shack. the yeah so this was in the like 1910s and they the town was pretty upset about it supposedly they even threat threatened to tar and feather them to get them to leave wow. which is extremely uh racially charged even though both of them are white but that's like the main tradition of that in the u.s Mm -hmm. But here's what Frank Lloyd Wright had to say about the relationship. He says, Two women were necessary for a man of artistic mind. One to be the mother of his children and the other to be his mental companion, his inspiration and soulmate. And then he also said, Laws and rules are made for the average. The ordinary man cannot live without rules to guide his conduct. It is infinitely more difficult to live without rules. That is what the really honest, sincere, thinking man is compelled to do. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like such an asshole. I know. Oh my gosh. But eventually, so they had um, a worker uh, there who was from Barbados 
and he and his wife were like the two main uh like help people in the house and at some point there's no real like motivation for what happened but one day this man just um burned the house down and he did stand outside with a hatchet like keeping people from leaving there was one guy or a couple guys I think who made it out who were like workers on the house and uh yeah, there's no no explanation for it, but it's a true story. I was really intrigued by that. Obviously, nice. I'm not a true crime podcaster, or that would have been a much better story, but very interesting. <laughs> I thought it was good. <laughs> yeah, and I I was convinced Lorelai was just making it up, but no, it's real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and Emily looked so disturbed after mm-hmm. and asked Lorelai, like, why did you tell me that story? And Lorelai kind of does a moral of the story moment um about like sometimes it's better to eat walnuts than to be set on fire during mm-hmm. dinner <laughs> which is true, true. <laughs> and the scene wraps up with rory going to get another soda which we've never seen her do before mm-hmm. in a dinner and richard is like oh i need some more ice uh clearly a pretense to yeah. go talk to rory in the kitchen which is the next scene There are a lot of pretenses happening in this episode. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to keep track of all of the pretenses, to be honest. (laughs) Everything is a pretense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want to note that this is a different angle of the kitchen than we've seen before. And it was it was like making me chuckle because it's got so much like fake looking vegetables (laughs) and pastries and things on this kitchen island like. They didn't put too much effort into making them look real. <laughs> and there's also this like bar shelf um, that we've never seen before. We've only seen like the bar cart out in the other room. So it was just an interesting choice of set that caught my eye. I don't think it would really catch many other people's eyes. But I was yeah. like, hey, this seems different to me. It was definitely like different from we usually get the kitchen with like Emily and Lorelai having their fight in Mm -hmm. fights in there and definitely yeah it was definitely a different kitchen yeah Richard starts out by offering Rory some chocolate I thought this was a good I don't know if the chocolate was a pretense you know it was (laughs) going to be part of the bribery or if it was just kind of him being nice yeah it could be all of the above you know but I thought that was sweet you know and he begins a little story He's just, you know, talking about his plans for the upcoming week. (laughs) Nothing to see here. Talking about, oh, we're going to go to Yale. I have a Whiffenpoofs reunion. And, huh, by the way, maybe you should come. You know, just like (laughs) he he just thought thought of it. it. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll talk, you know, so much about Richard's uh, manipulation and all of this stuff. And I will, but I do want to like say at this moment, what I did like about what he says about Yale, he has like this very romantic view of Yale, which I find charming as someone who has been a student for so long. Um, Like he describes college as having been like the thrill of knowing you could learn anything and that he liked the history of the place and the friends he made. And I just feel like there's such good heart there. And that's such a different, I like I don't blame people who go to college for like practical reasons or monetary reasons you know that's so valid but I I do love the like the person who is excited about learning yeah and whatnot so I was like 
Richard and Rory are very similar in that way. And I do see where he's coming from of wanting to like share this very near and dear place with her feeling like she could appreciate it in the same way. Um, some like good intentions. I think this comes up again later. The question of like, mm-hmm. can you excuse his behavior because of his good intentions? I don't know if you can, but I do say like, I do see the good intentions here, even amidst the kind of manipulation that's going on. <laughs> yeah, he did not go about any of this the right way, but he definitely, yeah, had good intentions, good motivation. <laughs> if he had just been straightforward, I think it would have been a good thing all around, but this is the Gilmores. <laughs> that's essentially what Roy will say at the end of mm-hmm. the episode. So yeah, definitely true. Yeah. But she agrees to go to Yale, and she doesn't seem too, like, unenthusiastic about it, so it's a positive. I actually thought she did look, like, a little apprehensive at the end of the scene. It's sort of like, um, she's sort of just, like, standing at the island, kind of, like, looking off in the distance a little bit. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like you see, even in that moment, she knows that she's appeasing Richard, I read that as, like, apprehensive having to tell Lorelai about it. Oh, <laughs> but that's I, super I think fair as well. Both could both are probably true because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he is kind of manipulating her and she's obviously wary to it, but also having to tell Lorelai, mm-hmm. uh, which we see in the next scene after dinner. They're heading out and Rory broaches the topic to Lorelai and Lorelai immediately, like, gets out of the car to go and confront Richard and Emily about it and this is just the beginning of what Lorelai is going to do for most of the episode which is kind of make this a huge mountain out of kind of a molehill like she's taking big offense to this thinking it's super manipulative like bad-hearted to some degree and also she's going to start projecting all of this onto her (laughs) and her idea that that Everything that her parents do revolves around their disappointment in Lorelai, uh, mm-hmm. which will come up a lot this mm-hmm. episode. <laughs> yeah, I felt like the like a sort of like central question or dynamic of the episode that is introduced here is like who's right essentially, mm-hmm. Lorelai or Rory? And I think what makes it complex is that both of them are right, and I will feel this way again when. Lorelai fights with Richard and then when Lorelai fights with Emily I feel like everyone is right and also wrong Mm -hmm. in different ways but like you're saying I think the difference with Lorelai is that all the other three are much more present and focused on Rory and Lorelai is a bit more caught up in her history and her relationship with Richard which I think is fair and I mean it's kind of it can be a little frustrating Uh, But I do just think of like where her character is coming from at this point in the story and how like the last conversation she had with Richard was when he was awful to her when she was telling them about Chris. Um, So I really think as frustrating as it might be in the scenes to see, it's also like it really makes sense, I feel like, for her character to be struggling with this right now, even though it seems like, oh, this is so like old news a little bit like I don't think it feels old to her um right now um but and so like I don't know what she's right about here is like yes 
it's true that Richard is manipulating her. Um, but what Rory is right about is like, but we can just avoid confrontation and I can like make everyone happy by going. And even if I go to Yale, it's just high Yale by Yale, as she like yeah. puts it. And I also have my just sass attack in the scene for Rory's response to Lorelai. Um, and I don't always do that. You know, Rory isn't always <laughs> the sassiest person, but she this is her response to Lorelai saying, you know, Richard is so manipulative. Rory says, I know I'm being manipulated. This is part of grandpa's evil plan to take over my life, <laughs> abolish my free will, pull me into the Gilmore world, dress me in pearls and ruin my life. Did I leave anything out? <laughs> and Lorelai kind of like does a checklist and says, oh, well, you're supposed to call him the puppet master at all times. So oh I, just, I just like that Rory is like aware of the fact that she's being manipulated and she's kind of like, so what? Like, I'm just going to go along with it. And I like her exaggeration of, I don't know, she's a very effectively voicing Lorelai's concern, um, but in this funny way. I was wondering also if like, Part of what's happening in this episode is Rory realizing how or like kind of admitting to herself that she has realized how foolish it is to only apply to one college and is like starting to because we find out later that she's applied to a few others, um, all Ivy League, of course, but (laughs) and we see at the end of this episode that she's like, you know, more considering Yale that she had been before but I was I wonder if like part of this is also just the realisticness of application anxiety like realizing that there is a possibility for the first time that you might not be accepted to Harvard and there should be backup plan and wanting to take advantage of this opportunity at least that's what I would do (laughs) yeah this makes me think I was just rewatching season two of Gossip Girl in the storyline where Yale I mean, Blair doesn't get into Yale essentially, oh. and it's the and you learn it's the only college she applied to, just one foolish. college, and it was so foolish. And I was like, how could anyone do this? And yet you have Rory who like almost makes that same mistake, except with Harvard. Um, mm-hmm. So I I hope that the this is fueled by some realisticness. But I don't know if it is, but I hope it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm just trying to give her too much benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Our next scene is back at Luke's and Kirk walks in giving my Jess sass attack. He says he's shaking like a spastic colon. His trophy is missing again. <laughs> I just thought that was like gross and also hilarious. And of course, Kirk always talks about like his little maladies and stuff. So this seems like something that he's talking about from personal experience. Uh <laughs> I loved it. Supposedly, somebody steals his trophy every single year. Yeah. Great Do you tradition. think he ever found it? The episode never tells us. <laughs> I don't know. What if Taylor just, like, takes it back to hold until the oh, next dance It's marathon? the same trophy each year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be genius. <laughs> I don't know. Poor Kirk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rory arrives, and Kirk, like, looks in her backpack, tries to find <laughs> as if the huge trophy could be in there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. asks her alibi <laughs> yeah. and Luke is awkward as well he's kind of starting off on this super I don't know he's so, so gung-ho about this relationship that he's making it mm-hmm. weirder than it mm-hmm. would be otherwise 
We interrupt this podcast with a message from the Yale Recruitment Pamphlet. Yale is home to many amazing things, from its legendary dining halls to its sanitation system, and each of those things makes it a top choice for your college experience. You may have heard that another Ivy League school has the most extensive library collection in the country, but have you thought about how many people look better in blue than in red? And no, that's not a flawed argument to make. Those things are of equal importance. Only at Yale, you can have the option of joining the preeminent acapella group, the Whiffin Poofs, so named after a fantastical fish. Oh, we should mention, though, that while this is technically an option, you won't be considered unless you are male and make it to your senior year at this extremely expensive and highly selective institution. Come visit Yale today and walk around the beautiful grounds where you're sure to create lasting memories. Legend has it that there have even been engagements on these grounds, and our tour guides will be sure to point out the locations of these romantic events. Even if the original lover's bench has been replaced by a trash can, or if the proposal was a bit more perfunctory than passionate, just think, in a few months, after making it through our admission system, which weeds out anybody whose family income is below 500k annually, you could be walking past that trash can every day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. But Jess comes down and they do the high, 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 high stuff again. (laughs) (laughs) And Rory sits down waiting for food. Jess here with the pretenses again. He's like, I've got a book upstairs. And then Rory's like, oh, yeah, that book upstairs. (laughs) And they go upstairs. (laughs) Let's go upstairs and look at the book. (laughs) So ridiculous. My Rory's bookshelf goes to this cover story, this book, (laughs) the made-up book. (laughs) I just love that they have their, like, oh, the teens want to go make out, and the cover story is about a book, and it's, Mm -hmm. like, more believable for these two characters than any others, but it's still so obvious that it is not (laughs) real at all, and I thought it was really funny. Um, Luke, like, 
looks after them as they go up the stairs he looks up the stairs kind of like hmm I think he's starting to be concerned a bit I think he like he still thinks of Rory as like an innocent virginal angel and I feel like this episode is like him coming to terms with the fact that that might might not be true (laughs) yeah or um when Luke and Jess uh when Luke kind of does the sex part sex Mm -hmm. talk part two laying down the ground rules I feel like it's very clear that he views Rory as like a virginal angel like you said especially compared to like Shane and how he Mm -hmm. didn't have this reaction as much he did have one reaction but it wasn't the same scope as what he does for Rory Mm -hmm. yeah he sees Jess as a corrupting influence Mm mm-hmm But before we have Luke and Jess talk, Rory and Jess talk upstairs alone in the room. This is their first time alone, I guess, since everything that has gone down. Is this what you expected from their first scene together? Or how did you like the scene as their kind of first encounter? (laughs) I thought it was great, but in such an awkward, like, realistic type of way, like, Neither of them knows what to do, like what to say, where to go, yeah, how to like what to do with their bodies, <laughs> and mm-hmm. Jess like tr- tries to get her a soda multiple times just to have something to do. Finally, <laughs> they decide to come closer together and s- start to like I don't know get close to kissing before Luke comes mm-hmm. in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what did you think about this scene? I agree. I got secondhand embarrassment from it, Mm -hmm. but in a good way. Like I thought the awkwardness was quite realistic. And I, while I maybe would have wanted them to have a talk about like, hey, let's talk about our feelings. Um, I think it's so on point for the two of them to not do that, (laughs) sadly. And the soda thing was pretty funny. Uh, And they do like a, yeah, they're like, let's stand within a foot of each other. And they hold hands, both hands, which was, you know, they kind of like move their hands around a little bit. The hands thing reminded me of the Titanic. There's like, I think post-coitally, the (laughs) two are like doing some like little hand holding stuff or Mm -hmm. whatever in that that car in the Titanic. And this just Mm -hmm. reminded me of that because it's just like so, I don't know innocently foreplay in a way you know yeah (laughs) yeah totally and they then burst apart when Luke walks in the room he has a burger that Rory ordered (laughs) earlier as another pretense and she is like so awkward about this and (laughs) as she's like trying to run out the door she says thank you for your like she can't even remember their cover story like the book you know and she's just running down the hallway like a deer in headlights yeah but overall I thought it was a cute scene (laughs) my I'm questioning now why I decided this but my gazebo moment is like the scene like as Luke barges in and Rory runs away it's because it's such like a good trope you know yeah it's so like a (laughs) rom-com yeah oh yeah (laughs) And then Luke, like, decides that he's going to lay down some ground rules. And he's so protective of Rory. This is kind of, it's kind of weird because he's so protective of Rory, but so, like, sure that Jess is going to be the one who, 
like ruins things but also it goes into the whole like women are as like purity objects kind of Mm. and Jess is the the person who's going to take that away from her and she'll never get it back that kind of idea kind of but for some reason Luke's just like overprotectiveness of the whole situation was kind of endearing (laughs) so (laughs) yeah I don't know yeah I think it does have multiple parts to it and they're conflicting but coexisting Mm -hmm. as well and like how I feel about it especially when Luke is leaving he looks so proud he's like smiling he really thinks he's like (laughs) laid down the law he's like shaking his hands like I solved that situation now they're not gonna (laughs) pull anything on me Mm -hmm. and it's so cute that he is trying to like manage this relationship that he is excited about but then the conversation goes to the places that you were describing and I think your point of like Luke viewing like sex and dating in the very like the binary way of like guy is trouble and will take away girls purity kind of dynamic um is apparent well, I feel like Jess is aware of that through the dialogue. You can mm-hmm. tell like yeah. at one point he's kind of like probing Luke and he says, what do you think is going to happen? And Luke says, you know what I think is going to happen. And then Jess says, tell me what I'm going to do to her. Like he's trying to make Luke be yeah. explicit about his fears. And in that, like the viewing of like Jess as the only actor in the situation of him doing something. And you're yeah, it's just so right that like, Luke is not thinking of Rory as a sort of like sexual agent. That's kind of a funny (laughs) term. Um, As you know, someone um, acting on her own free will in this relationship as well. I don't know. Part of what is funny also, another line is that Luke threatens like, nothing's going to happen because I'm here and Lorelai's at her (laughs) place and out there, dot, 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 there's Taylor. (laughs) Taylor's always watching. (laughs) so (laughs) I'm like I know what's gonna happen in this relationship and I like we obviously don't like how it started I don't like how it's gonna end but I like I still even having watched this many times I'm still like maybe there's hope that it'll turn out different this time (laughs) even (laughs) though it won't obviously because they have such like potential just in their chemistry and their shared interests and stuff yeah alas Alas, maybe another reason um, I think it's kind of funny that Luke is so concerned is that it's like it's undeniable that Rory and Jess do have such sexual chemistry Mm -hmm. in a way that she did not with Dean. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) I was thinking about this throughout the episode. Like it's so obvious that they're attracted to each other in a way that the sparks were not flying in that way with Dean, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dean and Rory were like cute puppy dogs, but Jess and Rory are something different. (laughs) Well, we'll return to all of this. It's a good start to the episode, but we'll take a pause from it and go to the Yale road trip storyline, which begins with packing. Lorelai is wise. She knows her (laughs) mother very well and how to survive a road trip with her. Apparently, you have to pack a duffel bag of various items including like a rain cap and a rain coat, for example. Mm -hmm. And Rory is skeptical of this, but goes along with it. 
as they are packing Rory's bag, I have my Lorelai's closet moment. <laughs> this is another kind of silly nomination, so bear with me. <laughs> my my nomination is the broken bracelet, the Dean so bracelet. So symbolic. <laughs> so symbolic. Lorelai spots it abandoned on the dresser and says, you know, like, oh, it's really over. Rory says it actually broke in the shower this morning. What, you know, what timing? Did it really Mm -hmm. break in the shower? Did she break it? What is the, what's the odds there? Why had she not taken it off before? Yeah. Yeah. But this is an object that symbolizes the end of the relationship, um, which I'm ultimately glad about. So Mm -hmm. good work, bracelet, all the work you put in you gave out right in the end um, yeah never to be seen again i don't think <laughs> yeah the bracelet had like a full story arc it had mm-hmm. a beginning it had some problems in the middle and yeah. then it had an end you know yeah <laughs> not every character gets that kind of thing <laughs> no <laughs> emily and richard arrive and as Lorelai predicted, Emily has standards, including that Lorelai's not allowed to have her coffee in the car, which leads to a great comical scene of Lorelai, like, getting into the car without bringing the coffee cup in and then leaning out of the car as they drive away to drink. <laughs> that was great. really comical. I just, ha- I also have to point out, we've said this already this season, but her hair just looks so amazing this season. Mm-hmm. I found this scene particularly, it looked great. Yeah. But then they're at, we're at Yale now, and Lorelai's mentioning how smart everybody looks. And then Emily starts reminiscing about her romance with Richard. I loved this scene. Me too. <laughs> Richard supposedly was a master of the frown, step back, wrinkle, and sigh at museums <laughs> and stuff, which I can just see people doing. Like, mm-hmm. that's <laughs> that that's just so dist- descriptive. Yeah, and Emily acts it out. It's yeah. super funny. Yeah, their dynamic in this scene is great. Like, we don't often get to see them having just their, like, their own relationship dynamic. Usually it's, like, about Rory or Lorelai. But when we do, mm-hmm. like, they're they're such a good pair, even yeah. if they aren't necessarily the best communicators with other people or the best parents. <laughs> but who is, really? Yeah, they're like sentimental nostalgia throughout this whole scene, which is so romantic and endearing, super sweet. Um, yeah, Emily is talking about how he was a Lothario, which I love. And then <laughs> Richard, you know, tries to get even by describing Emily's part in this. And this is the first we learn about Miss Linny Lott, who Richard was yeah. essentially engaged to until Emily came around showed up at his fraternity party in a blue dress and he had no choice but to pick her. This will come up again later in a very dramatic way. Um, yeah. Lorelai is very impressed by this blue dress comment. She says, you stole my father with fashion. <laughs> and at this point, they arrive at a trash can, which turns out <laughs> to be the place where Richard proposed, which I loved. Apparently, it used to be a bench and the story they share about their engagement just is so them. Uh, Emily was annoyed that he wouldn't confirm plans for winter break because he wanted to ask her to come meet his family after the engagement. So she's angry at him. She calls him a spineless <laughs> jellyfish. And he then just takes out the box and says, here, 
And then she says with no emotion, <laughs> fine. Um, and as they recap this in present day, they look so like smiley and they lean yeah. over the trash can <laughs> and kiss, which is so something I feel like they wouldn't do, but they're so, you know, in the moment, mm-hmm. the romance. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I wouldn't expect anything different from the two of them. As they kiss over the trash can, Emily's skirt button breaks, which leads to a great moment between Lorelai and Emily. They go off into the bathroom to fix it, and Emily's skirt button gets my Lorelai's closet. There wasn't anything particularly like noticeable or great about this skirt. I think it was just like a black pencil skirt, but... Because it it led to this moment of bonding between the two of them, I thought it was momentous in some way. I like how we were both pretty abstract (laughs) (laughs) with our nominations. I honestly didn't really notice any other clothing this whole episode, Mm so. (laughs) But uh, Lorelai fixes Emily's button with a a safety pin or just a paperclip, which is even more ingenious than a safety pin. Mm -hmm. And they talk a little bit about or Penelin Lot, Lorelai makes some funny jokes about that. And it's, yeah, it's just a good moment overall. No yeah. fighting. It's kind of too good to be true, <laughs> per se. Emily says, um, like, it means a lot to Richard to share this with Rory. And with you, she adds the with you to Lorelai. And I feel like this is the moment where I was thinking, this is too good to be true. Yeah. The, the draw, like... The tension is building, and I feel like the other shoe is going to drop. Um, And the next scene also is like another too-good-to-be-true feeling because Rory and Richard are on the bench waiting for the other two, and he's just sharing about like um, checking in to see if she's having a good time, and he says he's happy to share Yale with the next generation of Gilmores. Next generation of Gilmores. And then he tells the story about Lorelai at age 10 who and apparently she came into his office and said she was going to go to Yale like him and she stole his diploma for six (laughs) months he couldn't get it back and I you get the sense that this is like a bitter sweet memory Mm -hmm. for him and he says like oh this place makes you remember things and he seems almost like a little choked up or just caught up in the memory and it makes you think about like what I guess what he feels like he lost um, with Lorelai. Yeah. And later on when she says, when you can't control people, you stop dealing with them. I feel like that is almost a bit here too. Like how happy he was, how fond his memory uh, is of her at 10, feeling so like following in his footsteps. And then it's what follows that when she goes away from his path that he is like unable to deal with. Yeah, that was such an interesting scene because we never get any other indication that Lorelai ever thought of that path. (laughs) But of course, when you're like a little kid, you don't necessarily think of (laughs) it's not like you're going to be a rebel at nine or 10 years old. Be like, I'm never doing what you've Mm -hmm. done unless your parents are really terrible. (laughs) But yeah, it was a nice moment and we never see anything like that again. Very interesting. At least that I can remember. Mm-hmm. We pick up with them in the next scene, touring another building. And this is very much another, oh, would you look at that? <laughs> we just happen to be mm. 
by the dean of admissions office and it turns you know he's my friend I was just talking to him the other night and what would you know I got him I got you an interview with him (laughs) (laughs) no pressure (laughs) oh my god that would be so nerve-wracking yeah everyone looks so upset like Rory Emily Lorelai Everybody is immediately upset about this. Yeah, and it's interesting to think about why each of them are upset. Like, Rory, we find out, was upset because she couldn't prepare. Lorelai, mm-hmm. of course, is upset because it's Richard manipulating things. I feel like mm-hmm. Emily is upset because she knows that it's going to ruin things with Lorelai again. And right after and they're like, Rory. nice moment. Yeah, yeah. Even Even worse, I'd say, yeah. And Emily's probably like, oh, we've been having such a lovely day as a mm-hmm. family. And now it's ruined. And he also didn't tell her about it. So she was like left yeah. out of the loop as so well. So sneaky. Yeah. She wants to be part of the controlling too, Richard. Come on. <laughs> That's what marriage is about. <laughs> I feel like this episode should have been titled Let the Fights Begin rather Let than Games. Because <laughs> yeah. we're just like got a lot of fights. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what we'll title our episode. <laughs> what we have control over yeah (laughs) um so Lorelai goes up to Rory and is like trying to tell her if you don't want to go in you don't need to go in but Rory decides to go in which immediately leaves leads to Lorelai confronting Richard about it Richard when he comes back out of the admission the his friend's office he's super proud he's like oh she just shook his hand which yeah. It was confusing to me because isn't that just what you do? <laughs> yeah, he's when like, you meet she just somebody went right up to him and shook his hand. Yeah, <laughs> um, but then Lorelai starts confronting him about how what she repeats over and over again is that Rory is going to Harvard. She's not going to Yale. Nothing that Richard or Emily does is going to change that because she's going to Harvard, and uh, Richard doesn't get to control it. This whole conversation was my Friday night dinner for multiple reasons the most like the overarching reason is because nobody is communicating anything (laughs) like nobody's really (laughs) saying anything straightforward Richard wasn't communicative about the whole idea in the first place because as you said earlier like he his motivations are good his intentions are good and in his in him trying to defend himself against Lorelai here, a lot of what he's saying makes a lot of sense. I'm like, yes, that's Mm -hmm. true. Richard can help Rory in a way that Lorelai can't because he's a legacy here. Like, he's an alumni. He has connections. He also knows how to navigate the higher education system where Lorelai doesn't. Mm -hmm. And that's just, like, one of the systematic or systemic kind of privileges of people who are have like parents or grandparents who have gone through higher education and Lorelai is refusing to accept any of this because she's just seeing it as a manipulation. She's not seeing it as having any like good intentions to Rory. So that like the lack of communication and also just the fact that not a single one of them waits to hear what Rory really thinks about this or Mm. like considers what Rory is feeling at this moment like that she's having to go into this blind or that maybe if as she says later if she'd been told about it she would have been completely fine with going Mm -hmm. so yeah communication issues as always (laughs) yeah 
I agree. It's so convoluted. I I do think it's interesting that Richard starts out the argument by claiming that Lorelai's angry because she doesn't want Rory to go to Yale because he went to Yale. So it's like Lorelai makes this about her a little bit too much. And Richard also makes it a bit about yeah, him true. and her at the start here. Um, and I actually think that he's wrong about that. Like part of what Lorelai is so adamant about in this conversation is like, Rory's going to Yale. Her and I decided she's go. Sorry, she's not going to Yale. Um, she's adamant Rory is going to Harvard, and that it's a decision they made. And he's not involved. Mm-hmm. He can't control it. I think the school is actually a little arbitrary. I think mm-hmm. it's a lot about like the deciding that they got to do together as a team, and maybe. She would have been fine with Yale, though probably less happy because it is more in the Gilmore world in her eyes. But I don't think it's like the Harvard thing that she's actually dead set on, even though it seems like it a little bit um, in the dialogue. But then as the fight develops, I think it's like it is so true that he is thinking about this from the like what he has to offer Rory perspective and when Lorelai like at one point says here we go again you're gonna do the like my daughter ruined her life and sullied our Mm -hmm. name speech I think she's wrong about that actually like I don't think that's where he's coming from at all and um he's yeah he's really coming at this from like what can he offer Rory how can he help her navigate the system so at multiple yeah simultaneously I feel like they're both so wrong so right but I did like have sympathy for Lorelai mm-hmm. at moments throughout this as well like when Richard says he's like oh you know nothing about how college works you never went you definitely don't know the Ivy Leagues it's like he could say this information yeah. in a different way that's not so antagonistic you know because that felt to me like it called back to him wanting her the 10 year old her wanted to go to Yale and now he's like grieving that and he's like you never went to college so like he does have moments where he is kind of putting in the whole like my daughter ruined her life like they're both so I don't know I don't think they can escape their baggage (laughs) yeah so true as Lorelai like storms out to call for a cab this kind of continues with Emily and I think that Emily is really the one to like pinpoint what's going on she tells Lorelai Mm -hmm. not to turn this into a crusade against her childhood which I thought was (laughs) exactly what Lorelai was doing at this point like she had really gotten Mm -hmm. into this whole circle of how this all had something to do with their disappointment about Mm Lorelai when really it it wasn't it was about giving Rory a good chance so yeah Yeah. I don't know this whole because yeah, Lorelai was so blindsided. It's almost like she just fell back on the one attack that she knew, like she mm-hmm. always felt with her whole heart. Like she always feels like this is what's happening, even if it's not. Yeah. And she didn't have the chance to think about whether whether it was what was happening at the moment or not. Yeah, I feel like Emily is the one who is seeing reason here. And she's trying to tell Lorelai that in this conversation around the same time as the line you quoted, she says like, despite the manner in which he did this his intentions were honorable mm-hmm. which I I do think it's what it boils down to and 
Lorelai gets caught up in feeling like history is repeating itself in his controlling of Rory in this situation rather than like I think focusing on the present moment of Mm -hmm. like he lied and manipulated Rory and if you if you like the argument should really be about like you should say you're sorry for manipulating all of us and your good intentions don't excuse excuse this bad behavior. You should have just communicated this, et cetera, et cetera. I also feel like Emily is saying such like good things here. Emily's like, even, you know, like just because Rory's here doesn't mean she has to go to Yale or getting into Yale could make Rory look better to Harvard. And the good, the last line that Emily gets to like kind of trumpet over Lorelai is if Rory went to Yale, she could live at home. Mm-hmm. Consider that on your cab ride. <laughs> she could have been a sass yeah. attack. like. <laughs> and so she kind of leaves the scene with a quip of sass. Yeah. Rory comes out of this meeting and it seems to have gone really well. Like she leaves and the, she and the guy were talking about a book that she recommended. Like that's already better than any interview I've ever done. which is always the most awkward thing but then she turns she kind of turns on Richard and we don't see that many scenes of Rory really standing her ground and like making it clear what she feels but I think she does a good job of it here she Mm -hmm. isn't angry that Richard set up the meeting in general she's just angry that he didn't tell her about it and didn't give her warning because she would have shown up with all of her like application material and everything and like been prepared for a real conversation which is it is like a a big flaw of Richard's motivate uh, Richard's uh imp- how he went about all of this mm-hmm. because if he wanted her to have her best foot forward for all of this he really should have taken the moment and like given her preparation time so he mm-hmm. he thinks that he really gave her a foot forward. I'm like mixing many different metaphors here. But <laughs> <laughs> he really thinks that he is helping her out, but in the way that he's done it, it he's also so bad. Yeah, he's also like <laughs> completely taken away from the I don't know, he's made it harder for her, really. And on top of that, I feel like the real kicker here is what Rory says next, which is I would have done this if you would have asked me to. Mm-hmm. I just it's like it's so true Rory would she like she would have done this if he asked her to and this is where it's like a fundamental misunderstanding also on Richard's part where he cannot see past his relationship with Lorelai mm-hmm. in the same way Lorelai can't see past you know her history with him like he thinks he has to manipulate Rory to get her to go to Yale and maybe part of that is feeling like he has to manipulate Lorelai Um, because he maybe underestimates how much Rory can do what she wants. But it's like Rory's a different person. Mm -hmm. He should know her and trust her to know, like, if he had asked, she would have done it because she's a different person. She (laughs) does nice things for her grandparents, even if she doesn't want to do them. And sometimes she does want to do them. (laughs) Yeah. I just felt like it was so, like, ah, the irony of, like, every part of this could have been avoided if he had just asked her up front mm-hmm. and that is the but that's the thing about this family you know <laughs> that's the conflict that we love to watch unfold yeah <laughs> communication errors <laughs> and that's the end of the Yale scene 
for it being like the big momentous thing of the episode it was pretty quick and we have a surprising amount of scenes left yeah (laughs) yeah the multiple endings so first ending is we're back at luke's and both rory and lorelei are kind of grumpy about the whole situation that's just happened but they did find the time to stop at that taco place that lorelei had found in new haven and they're pulling out their tacos to eat at luke's which luke is not happy about obviously as somebody who tries to sell food oh just quickly that was my got a taste test Ooh, those tacos. i want to try the hector's tacos and i think i would personally eat them before i took the whole drive home because they're probably really cold right now yeah tacos don't like last last well (laughs) gotta eat them while they're hot um jess comes down and he immediately has an excuse that he needs to go out and get a part for his car which is super suspect (laughs) (laughs) and then conveniently rory then decides she needs to leave before eating any of the food and go study Before we catch back up with them, Luke explains to Lorelai that he's really laid down the law, given rules and everything, and Lorelai's just like, you know that they're together right now, Luke and his (laughs) kind of cluelessness, Uh and then he absolutely freaks out, and he he is of the mind of, like, women always need chaperones. Rory needs to Mm. have a chaperone at all times, especially with Jess. And he goes to find them, supposedly. Yeah. I thought this was so humorous, the way Lorelai's like, (laughs) they use the kid code. (laughs) And he's like, what? They're together? Oh, they use the kid code. How did you let this happen? (laughs) And it's like they really, the tables have flipped, you know, between, or the tables have turned. (laughs) He's so oblivious. Between Lorelai and Luke. Now Luke is no longer excited, but so worried. And he, yeah, he leaves to go try to find them, I guess. We catch up with Jess. I just have to to say this with emphasis. We catch up catch up with him standing at a gas pump about to light a cigarette. That's like <laughs> one of the most dangerous things you can do. There are signs all over gas stations, don't light your cigarettes here. It's gas, for God's sake. You don't want an open mm-hmm. flame there. Thankfully, he doesn't it's because light up his cigarette. because he's a bad boy, Suzanne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We never see him really smoke, so I don't even know if he actually smokes or if he just carries around cigarettes for the look. <laughs> yeah, there's that early on scene when he had just arrived and he started to smoke in Luke's apartment. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. I feel like he just does that to be like a disruptor or something, mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't find it weird that it recurred here. But this whole scene is my gazebo moment. I felt like the show was putting a lot of work into it to make it feel very momentous. There's this song playing in the background where it's like, then she appeared Um, slightly better than that. Um, But they're also doing all their classic like small talk pretense stuff and they get closer and closer. I feel like now we're like, we're at the point where there's scenes where there's like romantic things happening and I'm not so used to like <laughs> narrating them. They get closer and closer. <laughs> yeah. We're like, we're very, both very robotic talking about their romantic scenes. I don't feel like it. Maybe I'll get less robotic once I get more experience, <laughs> mm-hmm. just like Rory. No. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, essentially, 
she asks, what are, what's your deciding factor of to smoke or not smoke? And he's like, for what's going to happen? <laughs> so then they start to make out. And there's like three parts to the make out. First, they're making out. And then she kind of pulls away and says, she's glad he didn't smoke the cigarette. They make out more. Something about this make out, we don't know this, but we'll know it in the next scene. She thinks about Dean, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like, because she says, I have to go suddenly. And he's like, I don't understand it, but okay. So then they make out one more time. <laughs> and he says, beat it, <laughs> which was kind of cute. <laughs> she always she always runs after kissing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That would be a good montage. Yeah. Ferrari running, fleeing kisses. Oh, sorry. One last thing um, to highlight is that while they are making out, just does say, Whatever happens, at least we know that part works Mm -hmm. about their chemistry, you know? And I felt like that was such, like, foreshadowing of, like, so much else about this relationship will not work. And he seems to know it now, almost. And I thought maybe that maybe could have been part of what Rory, like, part of what made Rory think about Dean of, like, Oh, what wasn't working in that last relationship mm-hmm. I had a couple days ago? <laughs> Better go close that chapter for for real now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. She then appears outside of Dean's window. She climbed a tree. This whole scene gets an honorary Friday night dinner <laughs> mention for me <laughs> because I think it's unnecessary, but also so what she's she's come up to talk to him. She starts off by saying she's, like, worried. She didn't want to go to the front door because she would wor- was worried that his mom would answer and she would hate her. And then Dean's like, I haven't told them. Which is weird because at this point it's been close to a week. Maybe even more, like, a full week. But Rory kind of goes on about how she's really afraid that his whole family's going to hate her. Dean has an epic line. He says, too bad, Rory. Oh, Someone yeah. won't like you for once. He nailed yeah. it. That is, like... <laughs> The epitome of everything we've been saying about Rory as a character, Mm -hmm. why she has so many hangups and stuff because she's so much playing this role that's kind of been thrust on her slash she kind of likes the role maybe. I don't know, but the people pleaser in her and he's just like, cut the crap. Like, yeah, (laughs) I don't want to hear about how worried you are about how people are going to hate you. I'm heartbroken. Yeah, (laughs) when you break, when when a breakup happens because you were basically emotionally cheating on your partner it's it's okay it's good for them not to like you you know sometimes you deserve not to be liked sometimes people just don't like other people and that's fine (laughs) but but that's what her whole apology basically is she's apologizing for how terribly she treated him but really and she's like I really did love you I want you to know that but really once what she wants from all of this is for him Someday to not hate her anymore, Mm. which is not something you can dictate to somebody who you've just treated like trash. You can't, you can't just apologize. And I I know she's like saying someday don't hate me, but she obviously feels terrible about all of this. Sometimes you just feel like shit about stuff. You don't have to (laughs) go and like bring like put that back on somebody else who you've already treated like trash I don't know I just this whole scene was just so unnecessary of Rory to do and it just made me like realize that she's just 17 (laughs) 
Yeah. I do feel like the seed is necessary in that Rory does finally take responsibility and acknowledge how she did wrong Dean. Um, She does say she's sorry and that she hurt him. Um, And that like that is the heart of the apology. But then it's kind of also it's her her intention, I think, gets a bit clouded by all of the stuff that surrounds that, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, the please don't hate me. And uh, but I do. I do like that Dean, he doesn't really offer her much consolation. He's sort of like, well, I hope so too. Like, I hope I won't hate you one day. And then just closes the window and Rory looks hurt. But I thought that was as good of a reaction Mm -hmm. as he should feel obligated to give, you know? Like, Rory clearly came to him looking for some closure in this moment. And he isn't really there yet, which I think is fair. And he closed, but he does close the window <laughs> on their relationship. <laughs> so she gets her closure. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I really just wish we'd gotten this scene and then maybe like one more episode. It doesn't even have to be that long, but I think it could have been um, really like flirty and sexy and fun for Rory to have gone to Jess and be like, I need to process the breakup. Let's just be friends and see where this goes. Like, I need a little bit of time. And then there could have been an episode or two where they have, like, flirty shenanigans trying to be friends but failing. And then they could be like, okay, let's get together. It could have been so, like, lighthearted and fun. It would have painted Rory in a better light. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. Like, they both seem to want her to be the angel main character of the show but then don't always characterize her in ways that put her in that position. Yeah. And it could have been prevented if they just reordered some things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they had hired us to consult. <laughs> I know. And I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, yada, yada, yada. But I also have faith in like, I think we could have done it then as well. You know, we could have been good. <laughs> yeah. Alternate universes. <laughs> yeah. So we close out with another ending. Back at home, Lorelai brings Rory coffee and Ovaltine, which is like coffee as a bedtime drink ovaltine is delicious but coffee plus ovaltine for a bedtime drink just sounds dangerous to me i feel like they're just taking this coffee thing a little too far yeah it is just i hope that's decaf my god (laughs) to take a cup of coffee up with up to bed with you i can't (laughs) lorelei attempts to check in about what happened in the rest of roy's evening and Roy just replies saying it was eventful, which initially leaves Lorelai kind of disappointed. But then Roy says that she'll give more details tomorrow, which appeases Lorelai because she was very curious. And I do want to give a little shout out to Lorelai, who's being a fairly good sport about Mm -hmm. Rory and Jess, like part of her wanting to know what happened tonight is wanting to catch up on what went down between Rory and Jess in like a friendly way. And earlier, I don't think we hit it too much, but they do have a little conversation before Emily and Richard pick them up for the road trip where Rory is like, is this how it's going to be? Like, what, how are you going to handle this? Can Jess come around? Like, are you going to talk to him? And Lorelai essentially is like, did I like Dean? Yes. Did I worry about you with Dean less? Yes. But I will be supportive. I will cut Jess slack. Like, I think she is being, you know, a good sport, Mm -hmm. like I said about this. Yeah, I agree. She's being 
mature about it so far. <laughs> I don't really remember how much more she has to do with their relationship. I don't either. But we'll find Having out. such a foggy memory is fun. It's like I I'm kind of watching the show for the first time. Yeah. But then I had just have a lot of deja vu. <laughs> yeah. Um, after this, Lorelai goes up to bed and Rory pulls out a her Yale, or she goes to bed as well, and then she pulls out her Yale pamphlet and starts to look mm-hmm. through it. And then we move up to Lorelai's bedroom where she is also looking at a Yale pamphlet mm-hmm. so we see that this I love that Yale visit had some impact mm-hmm. yeah I'm excited and for the that. la 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 music is playing in the background so it's a musical cue to be like hey there's something here you might <laughs> want to take note about mm-hmm. Yale <laughs> and then the episode is over who was your MVP for this episode my MVP for the episode is Rory. Mm-hmm. Wow, controversial. <laughs> I know. I don't think this was like a perfect game for her. <laughs> she did make some errors. Um, but I just really commend her for being like for the whole Yale situation, the way that she did she's willing to do Richard a favor by going and sort of being a bridge between her family and trying to make everyone happy that's no easy task and then she crushes a Yale interview mm-hmm. somehow with like no forewarning that is just like a feat I cannot imagine so just amazing and then the way that like you said she stands up for herself I thought was really well done like having the bravery to tell Richard the truth about the situation and how he had wronged her. And despite the relationship starting too early, it is so fun to see her have these moments with Jess. Mm-hmm. And despite the apology not being perfect <laughs> by far, I do like that she did apologize to Dean. So yeah. <laughs> Who is your MVP for the episode? Mine was Emily. Um, she didn't start off great in this episode. <laughs> But I think that her scenes with Lorelai and just like seeing her being so carefree and happy at Yale, talking about their past and everything, and then bonding with Lorelai and then trying to like patch up Richard's mistake with Lorelai and really making some good points there. I thought she did great. I liked her in this Mm -hmm. episode. And I liked... That's a good pick. Yeah. There was like just a a different feel of... With all the interactions between her and Lorelai than we've gotten in some other episodes, like when they have their own fights. Nice. <sighs> yeah, I have no idea what comes next. I can't remember a single thing. <laughs> How many times are we going to end an episode with that statement? <laughs> <I know. laughs> Every single one. <laughs> people are going to be like, I thought this was a podcast about two people re-watching because they watch yeah. every year. <laughs> it's been well. a year and a half since we watched, like rewatched the whole That's thing. A good point. Yeah. All right. Her memories are fading. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyways. Talk soon. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. Don't forget to rate and review us and share us with your friends. Join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. And join the conversation by emailing us your thoughts, talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com.